Hurry up, your favorite show's about to start. Grab a Capri Sun, some Dunkaroos, and settle in for another episode of The Millennial Movie Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Millennial Movie Club. I'm Jazz Zapatos, and when I was a kid, I went to Fievel's Playland in Universal Studios, sat on a big seesaw made out of a giant spoon, and that was the first place I accidentally masturbated. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that. Kicking it off, steam it. Hell yeah, let's go. Wow. I'm Dan, and the first time I went to Disney World, my granny got me a little toy sword, and they were rolling me around in a stroller, and I smashed all these people's legs, and they couldn't <laughs> stop me from doing it. I was such a piece of shit. Great. That's what you should do in Disney World as a kid. I think so. Hey, guys. My name is Tom McGovern, and when I was a kid, I went to a local county fair and won a carnival game and the prize was a very very large box of sour patch kids and that very night i went home and ate most of that box and threw up immediately (laughs) again sounds right on point yeah yeah i was in fifth grade oh that's way older than i thought you would oh yeah it was that was way too old to let that happen (laughs) (laughs) well as you guys may have noticed we have a smooth and sultry new voice on the podcast today probably all that stomach acid has made it kind of sexy and raspy from throwing up all those Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> it did irreversible damage to my esophagus <laughs> yeah, and trachea. And you were like, let's become a singer. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Millennial Movie Club, Tom McGovern. Woo! Yay! Woo! Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is very fun. Yeah, we did it. Just to give you guys the DL in case you're too daft to know, Tom McGovern is a musical comedian, actor, and producer. Unfortunately, he was born and raised in New Jersey. His award-winning musical sketch comedy has amassed millions of views online and has been featured in festivals across the US and Europe. Show off. He recently won grand prize in the Glad Jingle Contest, which is super random and pretty cool. Tom was featured on season four of American Idol in 2021. What? God damn. Where he got to perform one of his jingles for Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and Luke Bryan. So we're not fucking around on this podcast is what we're trying to say yeah we came to play ball okay we came to play wait what part of jersey i'm from jersey too i was born in a little town called allentown which is right near six flags if you're familiar with where that is not billy joel's allentown no that's why i have to be specific yeah that's pa (laughs) 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 this is just a billy joel cover podcast (laughs) we just sing our favorite joel covers (laughs) I wish more than anything. Wow, I guess you guys get a spinoff. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Millennial Joel Club. We only play Millennial Joel music. You guys, it's clearly Millennial Bill- Music Hon- Club. Honestly, Bill. That's way better. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Lucky for us, Tom McGovern is here to talk to us about a very topical and super classical, just because it's a classic movie, we like to call. Top Gun, which is what everybody calls it also. So (laughs) shall we set the scene? Absolutely. Let's set the scene. The description for this movie reads, the Top Gun Naval Fighter Weapons School is where the best of the best train to refine their elite flying skills. When hotshot fighter pilot Maverick is sent to the school, his reckless attitude and cocky demeanor put him at odds with the other pilots, especially the cool and collected Iceman. But Maverick isn't only competing to be top fighter pilot, he's also fighting for the attention of his beautiful flight instructor, Charlotte Blackwood. 
They don't mention Goose one time. That's what I was going to say. Unbelievable. Just to get it out of the way, I've never seen Top Gun before. Super embarrassing, I know. But even in that description, and I just saw the movie, I was like, oh, right, he has that romantic interest. It seems so... Secondary. Secondary. Mm-hmm. It seems incredibly secondary, and yet they include... What might be the steamiest French kissing silhouette scene in movie history? Yeah. There was so much silhouette oh. tongue action, it was unbelievable. I was squirming. A movie that, mind you, is rated PG. Wait, what? Oh, is it really? That's what it said on the internet, and so I have to believe it. The 80s were a strange time. Yeah, it's lawless back in the 80s. Yeah. They're like, if it's <laughs> yeah. shadows, it doesn't count. Ugh. It doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lot of shadow tonguing. Anyway, let's hop into the casting creative. We have our director, Tony Scott, who established himself in the mid 1980s as one of mainstream Hollywood's more reliable and stylish action filmmakers. He built a solid reputation with his work for producers Jerry Bruckheimer and the late Don Simpson on several of the highest grossing films, starting with Top Gun, then True Romance, penned by rising indie filmmaker Quentin Tarantino, and then the thriller Crimson Tide. We've got the headliner of this movie, Pete Mitchell or Maverick, played by Tom Cruise, who is basically one of the most well-known actors in the world. Also a Scientologist and a total weirdo. We know him from classics like Risky Business, Jerry Maguire, Interview with a Vampire, Mission Impossible, and my personal favorite, Tropic Thunder, where he's in a fat suit like the entire time. (laughs) So good. And those big hands. Those big ass hands. We have Goose, played by Anthony Edwards. We've seen him in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Revenge of the Nerds, and The Sure Thing. His wife, played by Meg Ryan, who was a cinematic sweetheart back in the 80s and 90s. We know her from When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail. It's written on her bio. Films which earned her the rare following of both male and female fans who either wanted to take her home to mom or be her best shopping buddy. Whoa. I'm going to add that to my bio. (laughs) Yeah, you could really use some things to hype you up in there. You're really underselling yourself. I want to be your shopping buddy. I want to be everyone's shopping buddy. And in smaller text, sung to Katy Perry. I also had a little crossover with Katy Perry, by the way. When was that? I won a competition through MTV to attend her MTV Unplugged recording in New York City. And they sat me right in front of her microphone stand, like on a floor pillow. And at one point, she took her pinky ring off and handed it to me and asked me if I would wear it for her while she played her acoustic set. Cool. Oh, my God. And I was like, by the way, you look really great. And she was like, you're really pretty. And I was like, thank you. And she was like, so you agree? You think you're really pretty? (laughs) Did she really say that? Yes. Wow. That's hilarious. She's a character. Yes, she is. She is a character. She super is. She super is. So me and Tom, one degree of separation. And that's Katy Perry. Yeah, look at that. Small world. Speaking of (laughs) characters. We've got another one. We have ice. (laughs) Transition of the century from jazz. Seamless transition. Wow. God. Just scatting. (laughs) I am called jazz for a reason. Charlotte. Charlie Blackwood, played by Kelly McGillis. She hit stardom pretty early on. She's a Juilliard grad uh, with movies like Top Gun and Witness, where she's played opposite Harrison Ford. And then things kind of petered out, and she decided to just do theater, do what makes her happy, and she was not invited back for the sequel, which apparently did not go over well. Yeah. Damn. Last but certainly not least, we've got Iceman, 
played by the epic Val Kilmer. We know him from playing Jim Morrison in The Doors as Doc Holliday in Tombstone, from Heat, from just a million and one things, and most recently came out with a documentary called Val about his life and his journey with throat cancer, where the majority of the footage was shot himself throughout his career and his childhood movies which was if you haven't seen it definitely check it out wow it sounds awesome yeah super super good uh it's brutal though really sad if i can handle it anyone can a glowing review (laughs) (laughs) if i can handle it anyone can (laughs) oh i shouldn't have taken a sip just now i was laughing at that by the way everyone my mouth was just full of water So just a quick, I mean, I've got too many facts for this movie, but just quickly, it was a huge, massive success. It had a budget of $15 million. It made $357 million worldwide. Oh, no shit. fucking That's way. just totally insane. And this is 1986. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't even know a billion bazillion, I think. That seems right. I'm not great at math. It's probably more than a billion. Yeah, definitely. And so it had its, its opening weekend. It would be a, six months later that it, the theater count dropped below that number of the opening weekend, which is insane. And then one more thing about kind of like the financials behind this, it's kind of credited with starting like the home video industry. So VHSs were like a hundred bucks before this. And when they put this out, it was like $26 or something. And it had a massive, massive impact on how much money it made. Then everyone after that had to bring their VHS prices down. So the film became the best-selling video cassette in the industry's history on pre-orders alone with over 1.9 million units ordered before the launch. First of all, hilarious to me that anyone was pre-ordering VHS at any time. I didn't even know that was the thing. In 1986. Also, like, what were they pre-ordering on? Like a money order through the mail? (laughs) That's what I mean. It's probably a magazine. They probably saw like a magazine ad, pre-order the VHS to the exclusive Top Gun VHS, and everyone's freaking out. Phone's ringing off the hook. Yeah, advertisements in Horse and Hound magazine. That's wild. That's saying something for that time. And then I've got like just a couple more things. So Tom Cruise, everyone you could think of literally was in line for this role and everyone wanted it they wanted tom cruise at first he turned it down he didn't like it then they brought him on a plane and like did all the tricks with him and he like nearly puked and then he just gets off the tarmac he runs to a payphone and he said i'm in i'm doing the movie i love it this is great yeah because he's a lunatic and that makes sense he was like shouldn't have eaten all those sour patch kids before this that's on you guys (laughs) nice callback (laughs) And then one other uh, little cute thing, Meg Ryan and Anthony Edwards became an item after filming. I love that. That makes sense to me because they had way more sexual chemistry than fucking Maverick and Charlie. That's the truth. I wasn't sure when we were going to start talking about it, but it is a huge problem because they apparently, this is also a little fun fact, they didn't like one another, the actors. Shocking. And also Val Kilmer was like a method actor, so he would bully Tom Cruise or like separate himself from camps. And then it became like a real hatred of one another so they just didn't talk the whole time i mean that was believable for sure if that's the case that's believable yeah, yeah. one more i'll get yeah, you one, one more. more there's a huge kind of like backlash against this movie because it's just kind of like navy propaganda right they had to like pass the script through them they were relying on them for all the filming and all the rights so people were saying like this is just a huge pro-war propaganda pro-navy thing and after the movie came out the film popularity resulted in a 500 percent increase in the number of recruits wanting to enter their aviation program whoa unbelievable they would set up like recruiting stations outside of theaters and stuff to catch people coming out i mean it's just wild wild that's stuff. fucked up super fucked because yeah. you come off this movie like on such a high 
Like you'd be like, yeah, fucking sign me up. I actually saw some billboards driving on the New Jersey Turnpike that says, that literally say, because Top Gun Maverick just came out, it says, inspired by Top Gun, sign up and learn more about the Navy here. They're still doing it. Yes, it's happening now. And then I heard a very similar tidbit, Dan, to what you just shared uh, yesterday after watching the movie. And I, I can't believe it's just happening again. Oh, gross. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of gross. I feel like there should be a law against that or something. I don't yeah. like that at all. Yeah, I mean, it's like if I finished Queen's Gambit and someone was right next to me asking if I wanted to join a chess school, I'd be like, hell yeah. We bought a chess board on Amazon in quarantine after finishing so did Queen's I. Gambit. <laughs> Everybody did. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everybody you couldn't did. find a chessboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know how many like obnoxious blonde girls applied to law school after legally blonde came <laughs> yeah, out? That's true. Like, yeah. Hot. Applications went through the roof. <laughs> you know who else doesn't like stuff? People who reviewed this movie. So let's get started. <laughs> Seamless transitions. Okay. Already strap in. I will say this movie has like, <laughs> this movie has a fifty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which surprised me. Holy really? Shit. Especially because. Yeah. Maverick has a 97, which mind you, like, it's good, but it's not worlds away. It's the same basic concept. It connects with some people, obviously, as we learned earlier. Some people it's really because people. there's a new love interest. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Wait, who is the love interest? In Maverick, it is uh, Jennifer Connelly, and she's stunning. Oh. Jennifer Connelly, all yeah, right. she's fucking beautiful in this. Great call. And also good. <laughs> As you all know and love, every episode I pull three to four reviews on the movie at hand, ranging from semi-normal to the fucking undercarriage of humanity. So starting with Jason Shawhan of the Nashville scene, he writes, Top Gun feeds on nostalgia for something that never existed. A beautiful shell concealing profound and utter emptiness at its heart. Okay, Iceman. That's heavy. Pretty deep. And I got to say, they don't get better, you guys. Roger Ebert, he gave it two and a half stars out of four, so not terrible. But I will say, the man's not blind, and he is very much on the same page as us. He writes, this is a movie that comes in two parts. It knows exactly what to do with special effects, but doesn't have a clue as to how two people in love might act and talk and think. As usual, <laughs> I mean, the man knows what he's talking about. I mean, that is 100% right. Right, right on God the money. Damn. The love story between Cruz and McGillis is a washout and wouldn't you know for example that Maverick's commanding officer at the flying school is the only man who knows what happened to the kid's father of Vietnam <laughs> or are we surprised when Maverick's best friend dies in his arms <laughs> is there any suspense as Maverick undergoes his obligatory crisis of conscience wondering whether he can ever fly again movies like Top Gun are hard to review because the good parts are so good and the bad parts are so relentless the dogfights are absolutely the best <laughs> But look out for the scenes where people talk to one another. Oh. <laughs> Dude is so brutal. That's honestly so real. real. He's so brutal. Yeah. But I love him so yeah. much. Rest in power, big guy. Rest in power for real. Oh, yeah, right. Um, I, I feel like if I was We've reviewing this, this movie. Stand. I know. I keep forgetting that he's dead. Yeah, I think that if I was reviewing the movie at the time, like we can look it back at it with nostalgia and like recognize its place in history and how it changed everything. But if I was at the time, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? There's so much shit. It's really cool. 
But like they're taking a bunch of swings. Some of them misses. To be fair, I feel like it's unavoidable because one of the things that I noticed, and maybe this is just because we're watching it in 2022, it is arguably the most 80s movie I've ever seen. But 100%. also the way that they use the soundtrack, they probably I think I counted four plays of Danger oh, yeah. Zone, and I think we counted five plays of Take My Breath Away, the instrumental. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is like, it's like they tried to do this yeah. is the romantic theme every time that it's Maverick. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, his love interest. We're just going to slip this in. But the third or fourth time we hear it, it's like, what the fuck is going on? We're still yeah. doing it. And it's like a joke now. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It becomes comical. <laughs> to me, whenever I see that sort of thing in a movie, it always to me it just says we did not have a big right. budget. We have two songs. So we got the rights yeah. for like two songs. Yeah. And just played them at nauseam. And they were psyched that they got Kenny Loggins. <laughs> and they were psyched that they got Take My breath away by berlin that's the thing is like they're two great songs like i got like the right. soundtrack right. is great for what it's worth it's just rather repetitive so yeah reviews of this movie for which i was surprised because this movie has i've always known it to be like such a classic such a game changer you know like such a beloved film of the 80s but a lot of really poor reviews. I pulled two from Amazon today because I just could not control myself. And so one is is pretty in-depth and the other is fairly simple. So we'll start first with a review written by Mr. Ouchies, who writes... Love Mr. Ouchies. In... <laughs> Who writes, in short, Top Gun is a dumpster fire of flimsy cliches and groan-inducing corniness at its best. It is well documented (laughs) that the film's production was a monumental undertaking at the time. However, said vast efforts didn't actually equate to a good film save for the mouth-breathing folk who are readily enamored by sparkly objects. The 80s was a delightful decade of drug-addled buffoonery, and we should all pray for modern film studios to somehow miraculously evoke the capability to squeeze out even a minuscule hiss of a fart that can be something close to one one-thousandth of the originality that was summoned back then. Oh, shut up. One, Whoa. one <laughs> massive compliment. The main song, Take My Breath Away, is an absolutely gorgeous tune. Oh, my God. And and lifted God. the film to elevations that it had no business being in. Shut up. Talk about somebody who likes to hear themselves talk. What's this yeah. guy's name? Mr. Ouchies. Yeah, Mr. Ouchies needs to take a seat. The yeah, famous. Yeah, the, well, <laughs> yeah. the world-renowned Mr. Ouchies. Mr. Ouchies definitely has a blog somewhere, and it's yeah, obnoxious. For sure. It's horrible. Yeah, He tells strangers at bars about his Without blog, for sure. Without a doubt. He talks about it for the majority uh, yeah. of his first dates with people. <laughs> Under percent. For, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on his business cards. Right. The link, the URL. P.S. Check out my blog. www.livejournal backslash Mr. Yeah, yes. It's a live journal. And then more simply, our last review from Steve the Walrus says, the best part of this movie was when Goose died because at least he could escape this terrible creation and go on to a better place while we had to endure another 47 minutes of male bondage. I mean, bondage. All right. (laughs) I bet he just thought of that line when Goose died, and it didn't even matter whether he liked it or not. He's like, this is going to crush on Amazon. Those are our reviews for the week. Excellent. Shall we dive on into the plot? Absolutely. Let's let's give our own takes. We open on an airfield with fighter jets taxiing through sepia mist. Then it's time for takeoff on this aircraft carrier, aka the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently, Kenny Loggins wasn't the first choice to do Danger Zone. It was Toto and Ario Speedwagon, which would have been very, very different. Okay, Tom. Yeah. New challenge. Equally good. You need to do a cover of Danger Zone. 
in the style of Toto <laughs> or Mario Speedwagon. Wow, I would love to try like, Toto. I don't, do I don't think I. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't. That's not what I do. Leave me alone. I, I honestly, I don't think that I'm a good enough musician to do anything in the style of Toto because those dudes are out yeah, of control. Yeah, they, they rip. <laughs> they do rip. Yeah. <laughs> I fly the planes Song over Africa. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. All right, <laughs> had to be done. We cut up to the sky where we've got Goose and Maverick and Tim Robbins flying up in the sky. Yeah, I didn't catch that until literally the last scene when they're celebrating like their victory. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's Tim Robbins. Oh, yeah. A lot of face sweating going on, not only in the fighter jets, but in the indoor, I'm assuming, air-conditioned control room, just dripping sweat. It's like close-up of an NBA game. I think more so in the control room. Right. Yeah. That does set a tone for the majority of the movie. A lot of face sweat and bogeys galore. Yeah, bogeys everywhere. I feel like I'm going to sound like a real jackass, just like speaking in this terminology or trying to and getting these words right but we're gonna just gonna do our best well apparently the writer jake epps like he was researching you know how he was gonna write this movie and he just went and like immersed himself in the culture and he, he was like they spoke a language that i just didn't understand so we made like the conscious effort to not explain any terminology it was like they'll figure it out and for the most part i think that we did you know Context clues, we'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. It's like when you're learning yeah. Spanish in school and you're like, I know what you said, but I'm not going to be able to say it back to you in a way that makes sense. You figure it out. I never really got to that point, but I heard that people do that. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. So we're in the middle of this dogfight. Cougar is, again, dripping with sweat. He has a bit of a, a panic attack up there. Maverick's got to help him land the plane. He turns in his wings. He's done. So, of course... Maverick went against orders. When does he not? So him and Goose are in the office getting in trouble while also getting promoted. By the way, we also, this is like our first time getting a good look at young Tom Cruise. Dude's an absolute yeah. babe. Absolute babe. Babe plus. Babe plus. Babe plus. Um, definitely interesting to me, just like how the the metrics for hotness change over time. Because, you know, this is like before he got his teeth done, dude is rocking, not even trying to hide, just a very intense unibrow the entire film. Yeah, I saw the same thing. That's true. That's honestly true. And it gives me hope as a normal <laughs> human being, because you can see there was like a time in, in history yes. when that was acceptable. <laughs> and... You know, glow-ups are expected over the course of a career. Especially when you have all the money in the world and the backing of the Church of Scientology. I think you could just, We like... don't even know if that's the same Tom Cruise body as it was back in Top Gun. <laughs> it's like, true. He could just be a vessel at this point. He's on some other planet with a... a lizard god. Rono yeah. or whatever the god is. But, you know, he is raw and ready Tom Cruise. And again, still total babe, but just a babe of a different era. These two troublemakers get promoted. They're now number one, so they get sent to Miramar, California to Top Gun, where they will fly with the best of the best. I just love the line where the guy's threatening them and is like, if you screw up this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Incredible line. Like, I didn't even know that was a job. You know, Jake Epps wrote that and was like, hell, fucking yeah. Clicks the oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Pour another uh, glass of yeah, wine right. for myself for that one, Jakey. I can treat myself. Immediately, I feel like we're getting thrown right into like the feel of this movie, which is like, I can never tell whether, you know, something is playing by the rules of the genre or it's being created as it's being made. Like, I know so many things tried to be Top Gun after this. So it's like, you know, God damn it, Maverick, you, you're such a, a wild card. We're going to promote you. Like, that seems kind of like a trope. But I don't know. Was it just Top Gun and that became the trope? Right. I don't know. That's true because that is a trope where it's like, damn it, Johnson, give me your gun and your badge. Now take this bigger gun. Yes, and this and bigger better badge. badge. Right. You're exactly. I would say that it was Top Gun that paved the way. Not that I know... You know, I don't know enough about 80s film to like be able to reference older movies that did it, but it's so iconic and it's just such a part of the fabric now of that cheesy ass genre that it Mm -hmm. makes sense. And let me tell you, it carries on into the sequel for sure. I got to stop. I'm, Love it. I'm, I'm really going to try not to spoil the new movie. I don't think that's spoiling anything. I think we got it. We yeah. didn't do a spoiler alert. Oh, but yeah, that's right. You know what? At this rate. Well, yeah, we got to keep plowing through (laughs) if you haven't seen top gun you're gonna be seeing it or you could skip it all together and just listen to this so you can go see maverick there you're actually doing you a favor because believe it or not this podcast has a higher rating than this movie does on rotten tomatoes (laughs) (laughs) you're damn right i don't know how we got rated on rotten tomatoes yeah we arrive in california in class talking about dog fighting which by the way is when planes fight each other <laughs> one guy immediately like leans over to his classmate and is like this stuff gives me a hard on and the other guy's like don't tease me and i was like <laughs> oh okay yeah what was that about i don't know because it's not really like a standard trope in this movie the script apparently was like pretty skeletal you know when uh, maverick says like oh i think i've seen that like i saw it in person when something inverted i'm not going to pretend to have any of the lingo or something and then val kilmer's like bullshit like that was not in the script you know like they did a bunch of stuff that was ad lib but that would be a really weird ad lib so maybe that was an ad lib but not on purpose maybe it was like two actors who didn't think the cameras were rolling and they were actually just hitting on each other <laughs> that's that's what we'll go with. i'd like to believe that story instead of whatever the fact <laughs> right. is the guy was like this level yeah. of method acting gives me a hard yeah. on and the other guy was like don't tease me and rap uh, don't <laughs> yeah. tease me and they're like okay guys we're we are rolling. rolling please stop <laughs> quiet on set don't tease <laughs> Said quiet on set, everybody. The guys are headed to a bar for animal night. The pilots are just on the prowl. Ladies galore, or as they say, a target-rich environment. The styles. This was another moment where I was like, ooh, this is what hot girls look like in the 80s. Is that true? Because I, like, the first shot, it, like, pans up the woman. And by the time it gets to her face, I, like, audibly was like, ooh. I think that's just your modern sensibilities, Dan. I mean, she's clearly a a really pretty woman, but like, it looks like they tried to make her look like a clown. That's 80s style. I would say that's 80s, yeah. I think 80s is just like, objectively, the way they dressed was insane. Correct. And uh, they thought it looked so... But I I think you can say this about every generation. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone thinks they look hot as hell and so good. Yes. And then let 20 years go by and we're like, what was, why what did we all we do that? Yeah. But it's weird because like right now everyone's trying to look like Tom Cruise did in this movie. So some things survive. I think we're just mostly talking about women. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> I mean, not to say there isn't horrific male style, but I feel like they really lucked out in this movie because all military uniform is timeless and it will always be hot. Right. Yeah. Needless to say, this place is crawling with hot 
young ladies, I guess Goose and Maverick have this game that they play where they make a bet that Maverick has to have sex with someone on the premises before the end of the night, which is pretty ballsy. Also, like the way he talks to Goose is so foul too. He's like, he just keeps referencing like, well, there's no way you're going to get a woman. And Goose is like, yeah, you're so right, Maverick. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm the comedic relief. (laughs) I'm only going to be here for a while. I'm going to die. Right. And we haven't even established really that he's married with a child. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Until later we find that out. Oh, is that what he's referencing? Probably. But at the time, they don't really let you know that. I just thought he was like, you're too ugly. And I was like, that that guy's like a regular looking guy, you son of a bitch. He's just off the market. He's his wingman in more ways than one. (laughs) I hate myself for that. Very nice jazz. She can't be stopped. (laughs) To my chagrin, she cannot be stopped. So, of course, Maverick, because we established many times throughout this movie that he's like a total playboy. But I guess tonight he meets his match. He zeroes in on Charlotte Blackwood and I guess pulls his normal line, which is grabbing a microphone and getting the entire bar to sing a song to her. Which really confused me because, okay, so this is his normal thing to do. Didn't he just get here? Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. That's a, that's a big old plot hole. Immediately, 40 members that he's never met are like, yeah, let's all sing the fucking, what are they? Everly Brothers? What song is it? You lost that love and feel it. Yeah. I just don't know military men to sort of pile on in that manner. I also don't know anyone to walk freely into a woman's restroom after someone going there by themselves, thinking that's a good idea. After being turned down the first yeah, time. Yeah, hey, mind this you. woman just said no. I'm going to follow her alone into the bathroom. It's a lunatic move, also around like a bunch of military men who are just dying to be a white knight to some woman and beat the shit out of some guy who's acting inappropriately. Not only that. He literally offers to fuck her on the counter. Yeah, And they've known each other for a period of three minutes. Again, PG? Are are we sure about that, Jess? I mean, you can double check right now. It is rating PG. Top Gun Maverick is PG-13. And I feel like that's way less scandalous. Well, you don't know. What the fuck am I talking about? You can't agree with me, but I'm telling you right now, it's less, it's way less scandalous. So lawless back in the 80s. Yeah, somehow PG. And then... She turns him down again, but then leaves the bathroom and says to Goose, your friend was magnificent. Like she's even doing this douchebag favors, which is just like another unfortunate lesson that Hawkeyes get away with way more than they should. Right. And also, I think that we'll find throughout this movie, Charlie isn't a real character. It's not a real person. Like any any decision that she makes, it doesn't make any sense. No, she's a total embarrassment. She is willing to like be unprofessional at every turn. Jeopardize her entire career. She has clearance from the Pentagon, someone who builds themselves up that much is not gonna like throw it away on some douchey kid. Right away she does it too. It's like, I think that they were trying to build her up to be this hard ass and then they just kind of forgot. I have more thoughts, but we'll get to them. (laughs) So of course, next morning, bright and early, we're in class and who shows up as the flight instructor but Charlotte Blackwood, aka Charlie Maverick just looks like he wants to throw up all over himself. But I think he's just so led. I mean, granted, everything he does in this movie is sort of led by ego and pride and his attitude. So he's like just immediately sort of sassing her. And I also feel like he's a little bit butthurt. So like he feels like he needs to give her a hard time because she didn't fuck him in 30 seconds. So she deserves it. Yeah, it's her fault somehow. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. So insane. Right. It's like, I mean, even after, like he's sassing her in class and she's just like, I really want to hear all this stuff about the MIG, this plane that he saw. 
And even after class, she's like trying to talk to him like, this is really important to my work. And he's like, well, you have clearance. Yeah, he's like, no. Nah. You can look it up. You can read <laughs> yeah, all about cool. it. He's like making her work for it now because she turned him down, but it's working. Yeah, if anything, she should file some sort of allegation against him for borderline sexually assaulting her in a bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? One billion percent. Like, it was a different time. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I think you're you're right because like the dynamics are constantly shifting. You're like, Oh, he's in the doghouse. Oh, he's like holding out his affection for her. Like, who is on top here? But it immediately works. These games that he's playing, he immediately gets onto her skin, clearly. And it's just, she gave up the power away too early. Fucking... Anyway, we've been getting little introductions to Iceman, who is like, you know, one of the top dogs on the place. There's like an immediate dislike between the two of them. They're clearly both going to be competing for Top Gun by graduation. And we get that epic uh, confrontation in the locker room. So it's like, I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right, Iceman. I am dangerous. And he does the but I don't know how to (laughs) just bites the air. The bite. When he did that, I literally said, oh, out loud. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, what is that? Can you imagine like being in kind of like a tough guy standoff and doing that? You're reading my mind. I literally was like, next time I'm in some sort of altercation, I just want to air bite the person <laughs> that we're talking at. Because I'd be like, what is going on? Did you just bite at me? It hurts my mouth. Yeah. Okay. I think that it's weird, but I also don't have a great alternative. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do in a tough guy altercation no matter what. So biting the air yeah. seems just as good as anything I could come up with. I'm not yeah, really sure. I feel like that's only fair. Val Kilmer could come up with a move like that and just like somehow make it a thing. Yeah. That's the thing. I didn't question it when he did it because he just did it with such conviction. I was like, okay, oh, that's mm-hmm. strange, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> this guy means business. Yeah. Well, he's, he's the real deal. <laughs> can you hear that even? Yeah, I can. There's like some <laughs> yeah. ASMR stuff going on. Iceman ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're training and we're doing all sorts of different exercises and dogfights. And it just seems like Maverick is taking every opportunity to break rules, to do things he shouldn't. He's accomplishing the goal, but he's just breaking all the rules on the way to it, which, of course, everyone like and admi- I guess admires the way he flies. But also they're trying to rein him in because, as Iceman said, he's dangerous. He's kind of hard to trust. So there's that part where they get chewed out again for buzzing the tower and they leave the room. And the guy's like, he's a wild card. He's, a, he's off the rails. But it's like, but would you want him on your side? And I feel like that's the first time where you're like, okay, I kind of understand why they're like letting some of this slide. If at the end of the day, the only question is, do you want him with you backing you up? That might be the only question that you need. But still, it's like, God damn, just follow the rules, you fucking dickhead. Like there was no reason for him to do that flyby past the flight tower and like made that guy spill coffee all over himself. And then he's like, God damn it. And then he's screaming in the office like, I want bots. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also such an interesting call that I am obsessed with. I love that. So they kind of get chewed out. And now is also where I sort of realize like it sucks because Goose has no control really over what Maverick does in that plane. But he's getting chewed out as if he's just as responsible. Finally, Goose kind of sits him down and is like, look, I've got a family to think about. I can't be running these kinds of risks. You know, this is my career on the line. And Maverick's like, look, you're the only family I've got. I won't let you down. Liar. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He asks Charlie out and she's like, no, 
I don't date students. It's going to take more than fancy flying. But she like then gives him a note that's like, be at my house 530 sharp. But of course, this little shit goes and plays volleyball instead in like one of the most epic, memorable scenes in the movie. I've got some stuff for this. It was an entire day of filming. Excuse me? Yeah, an entire day of filming for a paragraph long part of the script. And it was a real game. They were keeping score and they really wanted to win. The studio was so pissed off. Like the head of production said, I'm going to fire him because he spent this whole day shooting this scene. That makes sense. It totally makes sense. And then I was watching the making of documentary and Val Kilmer was like, everyone looks so good in this shot. Everyone's getting these like crazy close-ups. They're all like oiled up and they're as ripped as they could possibly be, except for Val Kilmer and he was saying that he thinks Tom Cruise purposely like overexposed or underexposed his shots to not get as many <gasps> close-ups wow. and I couldn't tell how serious he was being but like it sounded pretty serious but now that wow. I think about it it's kind of true you like barely see his spot I wouldn't doubt it and the end of his like spiel his rant was like and I was looking awesome yeah they're all shredded like wow they're all shredded they're like sweaty and glistening this is the only yeah. scene in the entire movie where they were sweating a reasonable amount for Right, they were they're doing. outdoors on a beach playing volleyball. In jeans. In jeans. Why? Was there jeans? Tom Cruise is wearing jeans. Yeah, I think Tom Cruise is in jeans. I was too focused on the top yeah. half of him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, he didn't even have a bottom half. <laughs> Classic 80s. He finally pieces out, hops on his motorcycle, take my breath away, starts playing. He is, of course, late for dinner because he's a little shit. She's just eating dry salad by hand out of the bowl while she's waiting for him. This is kind of what I mean by she's not a real character. Like, if we're really building a real character, he gets there and she's like, you lost your chance or something. Yeah. Yeah, the most... But then she's like, no, it's The cool. most he gets is... First of all, he shows up at her house and is like, I'm going to take a shower. Yeah, is that a normal thing? No. no, it's not. I totally forgot about that. That made me crack up. You mind if I take a shower real quick? And she's like... No, you're already late and I'm hungry. But it really made me question like whether I know what regular interactions between people are and those kinds of things. Like, <laughs> no, it's not you. You're being it so is. gaslit okay. by this it's movie. It's definitely not you. <laughs> yeah, you're being gaslit by Top Gun. Like everyone else who's ever had a relationship with him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Imagine this is like if you ask someone on a date, they said no. And then you ask someone on another date and then you show up at their house and immediately say, can I shower in your bathroom? <laughs> that is absolutely... Yeah. Somebody who's giving you another chance and is like, I shouldn't even be dating you. Like, you show yeah, up an psychotic. hour late, sweaty, disgusting, and asking for a shower. Oh, can I take a shower? No, no you can't. You, can't. you can leave my house. You fucked and- it up. Like, there are so many times in this movie where I'm just like, if I were her, this would be the time where I'd be like, right, this is why I don't date younger guys. Yeah. Thank you for reminding Bingo. me. But yeah, she lets him have dinner over there. They have a very sexually charged dinner. She literally looks like she's going to eat him. Now we get some information about his parents. So we learn that his dad was a pilot and disappeared. People say he messed up, but it's all classified. He can't find anything out. And then his mother died shortly after. So he like kind of opens up to her. And then he's just like, all right, I'm really going to go take a shower. Then they meet up again by accident in the elevator. And this was probably the worst effect. I know I keep talking about the face sweat, but it is so aggressive. 
to the point where in this scene, it's like in a towel, he's either going to take another shower or, or he's leaving a shower. His face is drenched, but like you can see the individual droplets yeah. like sliding down. You would think that if you like ran into your crush in an elevator and you knew you were sweaty, you would like just give yourself a little pat. Yeah, wipe your Nothing. Face. Just lets it sit there. Was it like a hot thing in the 80s to be to sweaty? Be sweaty. Yeah. Like was that considered attractive? Yeah. But then the guy who's smoking cigars all the time is also that sweaty. So like, are, is he, are they trying to make him as <laughs> hot? <laughs> That's true. Everyone in this movie is sweaty the whole time except for Charlie because women oh, are not that's a allowed good point. to sweat. No, of course not. That's true. She's never sweaty at all. Fun fact about that scene. There was a test audience who saw the movie before it was released and it was like a cut that didn't make it that they didn't have a love scene, uh, a sex scene, and they were pissed. So then five minutes after production had wrapped, they got Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis to Chicago to film the elevator scene and the sex scene. And so McGillis had lost 16 pounds since then. Her hair is different. Tom Cruise's hair is different. So that's why they're like wearing hats and stuff. And like, they just had to like throw that No in way. There. Wow. They were like, we got to get a sex scene in here. Especially for two actors that don't like each other. They like wrap this film. They're like, whew, all right. Thank God. I never have to see that dude again. They're like, hey, can you guys come back in French? Sorry, you got to pretend to have sex. <laughs> Sorry. So they're in the elevator and that's the first time she's like, listen, I really take my job seriously and I can't do anything to jeopardize that. You don't take your job you seriously. You don't. And he doesn't take you seriously. No. For everybody across the board, you're like, it's hard to deal with their lack of chemistry. But I think it's also the fact that they go from zero to 60 where they're like, I'm very interested in you. This could be complicated. And then it's like, I'm in love yeah. with you. Like <laughs> their arc is like written by someone who watched like a romance movie from the 50s or something once and then tried to write what they thought was the arc of a relationship. Or someone, they saw a 50s movie once, tried to write that, and then someone else saw their movie and tried to write, it's like <laughs> four steps removed. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. There's no tracking. It just, it goes from like A to D. But to be fair, like, I'm glad they didn't try to do too much with this. Like, the coolest part of this movie is the flying around. Like, it looks so fucking cool. Yeah, exactly. And you forget about the cringy dialogue when, as soon as you see a jet sequence of any kind. Yes, agreed. The best part of this movie is Goose. The second best part of this movie is Airplanes. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with that review. <laughs> the best part of this movie is Goose. The second best part is when, Goose, when Goose dies. dies. No, that was the fucking worst part for me. I have a soul and let's like make it even harder now. Goose's wife and child Ugh, come into town just in time for him to perish? Yeah, they visit and he dies. <laughs> fuck is that about? But before that happens, I was so shocked to see Meg Ryan hop in this movie. She was like the OG manic pixie dream. Yeah, she really was. True. Her mannerisms in this movie, she's just like, I'm free. I'm a cool wife. But they're a really cute little family. I actually think Meg Ryan kind of kills this. She has mm -hmm. one of the best acting moments in this entire she's movie. She's great. She and Goose, I think, were my favorite performances. Goose was like so naturally charismatic and, and likable. I have to say, I think that the beginning half of this movie, I think Tom Cruise doesn't do a good job. As soon as Goose dies, I think he starts to like get into the zone where like that's the Tom Cruise that is actually pretty effective. His like broody. <sighs> yes. I think that's a good yes. Tom Cruise. The one beforehand about him like being a tough guy and like a- Yeah, it feels forced. Is that it or is it kind of like an optical illusion because like for the first half you see him next to Goose and then you remove Goose and then he just seems better because oh. you're not comparing him. Think about that. Just think about it. Just think know? about that for a second, okay? I could definitely Stick see that. Stick that in your you pipe and smoke it. Right I'm all over. Sleep on it. Take a puff on that. Uh, 
<laughs> Take a couple puffs. Smoking a pancake. Smoking a pancake. Um, oh, God. Okay. So then fucking we're back in class. Charlie is doing what she said she was going to do, which was take her job seriously and do what she's supposed to do and not like play favorites with him. And she basically in front of the class tells him we would not recommend doing what you did, I guess. And he throws, and he throws a, hissy a fit. temper tantrum like a child. It is the biggest turnoff. Like I would have the ick for days. She like chases him out of the class and he's on his motorcycle, like revving the engine in her face. Like, I can't hear <laughs> you. Like, yeah, classic high school boy. Oh, movie. God. <laughs> Maverick does have big high school boy energy, honestly. There's multiple moments when he does. Yeah. Oh, big huge time. high yeah. school boy energy, yeah. And he's as tall as a high that's, school boy. That's too, true. So. Oh, that's another thing. So he's 5'7". Mm-hmm. Uh, she's 5'10". So they made him wear lifts on his shoes and then forbid her from wearing anything but flats but it was like a huge problem i've heard that many tom cruise movies he's had to do that or they've had him on like different things to stand on or whatever as opposed to just being like fuck this dude she chases him down the road because she just needs to tell him that she actually thinks his flying is genius and if she says it in there, people will know that she's fallen for him. So this one, Maverick was supposed to say something after that, but Tom Cruise forgot his line and he just kissed her instead and they just left it in. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> okay. I mean, it worked. Yeah. He did look kind of speechless yeah. at this moment. It did work. I'd really love to know what that line was. It's like, yeah. like a two-line scene. Like, what the fuck? What did... Yeah, come on, Tom. Was so, he just like stands there for a second and then just... Yeah, he said, Tom, (laughs) Tom, Val did that in in the locker room, do you remember? Cut his air bite and put my air bite in. Overexpose that air bite and then we can go back. Well, I mean, the moment worked, so I guess good instance, T. Cruz. Are we steamy love scene yet? Heading into the steamy love scene, all of these shadowy vignettes of Tom Cruz sticking his tongue in her mouth. Uh, Yeah, I really don't know why it was so viscerally shocking to me to see that. Like yes. me too. Like I watch gross shit all the yeah. time, but for some reason I watch this. Porn. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And this was like too intimate or something. I was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And I was watching it alone. Like it's not like I was watching it with a parent. <laughs> yeah. Like I was still just like, I should not be seeing it. I on this. the other hand was watching it with my mom, dad, and younger sister. Oh, <laughs> and, oh shit. Uh, all of us oh, are like, no. whoa. <laughs> oh my god and my dad was like it was the 80s <laughs> <laughs> I was like, classic dad classic. i'm glad that your yeah. family can acknowledge the awkwardness together because i feel like when i'm watching some kind of love scene with my family everyone just stays silent that's so it's much so worse. bad it's so, so much, worse. much worse it's oh, really it makes me bad. want to avoid any type of movie because it's just unbearable and i would imagine too i'd be like oh thank god this whole thing's in shadow so it won't be anything like too graphic and awkward but it's worse that it's in shadow almost i agree also who kisses like that she's got something in her <laughs> mouth like this that he's trying to scoop yeah. out yeah. with his tongue uh, it's just wide open mouth kissing with only tongue with take my breath away playing I it think. did it did take my breath away yeah. anyway they're doing more training maverick keeps getting in trouble they're in the locker room and iceman kind of tells him off and at this point i'm kind of like i know iceman's meant to be like the dick of the movie but everything he says kind of makes sense like he's not saying things that are mean he's just like Hey, like no one here can trust you and our lives depend on it. Jazz, I totally agree. I kept thinking that the whole time. He's like, whose side are you on? It's like, that's a good point. We're all on the same team. What are we doing? That's actually a really reasonable thing. He's not being an asshole and he actually never really 
he never really is an asshole Not in the really. movie. Like, just based on what he says. It's like, hey, buddy, you can have your, like, weird rebellious phase if you want, but do it on your own time when you're not going to, like, kill me like your best friend. Yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise is being an asshole. Cut to the diner where Goose is playing Great Balls of Fire on the piano, which is the best. Meg Ryan is kind of having girl chat with Charlie and is basically like, well, hearts all over the world are breaking tonight because Maverick's obviously in love with you. Also, like, Meg Ryan, thirsty for Maverick. There's some definite sexual tension there. He's like, when he's sitting with his arm around her and their faces are getting very close. There's like a little moment in that scene where I feel like I watch Meg Ryan kind of like remember herself and be like, ooh, okay, remember, I'm like married to that guy over there. <laughs> I love this scene. Just like the peak of joy and having his family all together. And of course, they're setting us up for the ultimate heartbreak, which is in the middle of a simulation. Mav and Goose, they lose an engine. They're spinning out. They have to eject. It took me a while to figure out exactly what happened here, but they finally eject and to me, it looks like the top of the plane pops off. And when Goose ejects, it launches him up into the top of the plane and he hits his head. Was it his fault that they went into the flat spin? No. They clear him in the courtroom where they basically say like something in the jet stream fucked up their engines and sent them into a spin. So there's nothing he could have done. But regardless, he's going to feel responsible. But for too long, apparently. God, I mean, after this, we're in the bathroom. Tom's in his underwear. That guy's like, you got to let him go, sir. Just let him go. I was like, maybe not the best words. It just happened. Right. Literally the next day, he's like, yeah, your best friend in the whole world died. Get over it. Move on. Well, first of all, he walks in and is like, Goose is dead. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was right there. I mean, I guess that's got to be sort of the mindset of the military is like, move on. And he's literally like, he won't be the last. Sure. Three days later, before he gets back on the plane, it's like, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. It's like, no shit. Why don't you give him like a little bit more time? They're like, you got to get him back in the air immediately, is what they say. Oh, right. Yes. They're like, right. get him back in the air immediately, I guess, so that he can't start overthinking and spiraling out. But then he goes through some of his stuff. And that's where we have that amazing scene with Meg Ryan. God, he loved flying with you, Maverick. And even she's trying to tell him, like, if it were the reverse, he would hate it, but he would fly anyway. She's trying to tell him, like, you still got to do it. In my opinion, best acting in the film. Yeah, agreed. I think so too. I honestly think she brings up Tom Cruise too, because I think Tom Cruise kind of kills it in the scene too. I argue one of the only real human scenes in the movie. 1,000%. Not the volleyball scene? Believe it or not, no. <laughs> I never thought I'd say this. Yeah, I never thought I'd say it, but uh, that doesn't happen in real life all the time. The volleyball scene, it's easy for it to be one of the best in the movie because they're not talking. Yeah, exactly. There's it's no just dialogue. A bunch of oily dudes. Yeah, except for like, Mother Goose, you pussy, is like the only <laughs> yeah, line I exactly. remember from that scene. <laughs> yeah. So we determine in pilot court or whatever it's called that he was not responsible. He's clear to fly, and they're like, get him back up in the air. So they do. Based on the amount of face sweat in this scene, it's not going well. And he just packs up his bags and is like ready to quit. He's like at a, seems like an airport bar, but I'm also like, ugh, I feel like every bar there is next to a plane, so I can't really talk. Charlie finds him and is like trying to talk some sense into him, but he's just not about it. Clearly having a real crisis and he goes... I don't know the rings. I'm going to call this guy the captain. Viper, I think his name, right? Yeah, Viper. He goes to his Viper. house. And of Viper. course, this whole time, hasn't mentioned this at all, but like the first, one of the first things he says is like, well, I flew with your old man. We're just getting to this? He's like, you're a lot like your old man, except only better. 
and worse. Say more. <laughs> yeah, say, say more, King. Say more, King. <laughs> 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 it's actually originally in the script, and they didn't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> it's a reference from 2021. Don't worry. It's a reference from 2022. You'll understand. You'll understand when you're older. <laughs> So he is like, well, I could lose my job for this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And he like tells him the story of his dad who fighting in Vietnam and basically tells him that he didn't actually make a mistake. They like kind of covered it up by saying he made a mistake, but really he was injured. He could have saved himself, but he saved three other planes before he died. This story about his dad probably brushes a chip off his shoulder because everybody sort of attributes like the way he flies to his daddy issues. This should have been a bigger moment for me. Like, I feel like I was just ready for him to start kicking ass again. But in reality, like this should be the turning point where he like gives this really impassioned speech. And then Tom Cruise is like, you know what? Fuck yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Right. Well you kind of like too, I like expected Viper to be like a little bit God, I like can't match that name with that guy's face. Yeah, just, I know. He's not a yeah, viper. Right. He's not a viper. You know, you kind of expect more of like a paternal moment, like a bonding moment between the two of them where he's gonna be like, Look, you're the most spectacular pilot I've ever seen, and we need you, men like you out there and you can't quit, or your father would want you to blah blah blah. And there's not any of that. He's just like, Well, you can quit or you can graduate. I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I also feel like there's an opportunity for it to be like, you know, I've been so hard on you this whole time because I flew with your father and you know, there's a lot of stuff you could really explore there. But I th- I think they they're just like, get us back in the sky. That is our bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah, let's get to the fight scene. And to be fair, they nail it because that sequence is sick. They crush it. Basically, he leaves there. He stops by Charlie's house and she's already gone. He decides to show up to the graduation. Iceman gets Top Gun. And then literally, they're like about to have a slice of cake. And they're like, well, you're out on a mission right now. I think it's whoever has the most champagne at that moment. They have to go. Right. They have to fly immediately. <laughs> it's like, no, never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> this is safe space. Safe Jess. space. I'll say it, but I don't know if it'll make the cut. Safe space. So you said whoever had the most champagne, they're going to send them on the mission. And to me, I just thought like, right, because alcohol, you know, like you need to drink a lot before you're going to like let somebody in the back door. Like (laughs) you're like gearing up for a battle. You should have some champagne beforehand. Very, very well said, Jazz. (laughs) It'll soften the blow. Keep that in the episode, 100%. Yeah, and that's not being cut. I'm not going to let anybody in my Wonderful. family listen to this episode. <laughs> this episode is rated PG in 1987. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> All the butt stuff is in shadowy silhouette. It doesn't count. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it doesn't it's count. True. And we do want butts. I want butts. <laughs> that's what we're here for. I want butts. They're all liquored up and off to battle. They're on sent out on this rescue mission. Immediately, we have bogeys on the radar. That guy from the beginning of the movie shows up and is like, where are they? And he's like, they must be close. I have a hard on. And I was like, what the fuck is with this guy? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Another boner thing. Probably everyone else around him is like, all right, man. Like, You don't need to be swelled up like all the time. Get a yeah, rest. Like, Dude. Is that his call sign? <laughs> is hard on or? <laughs> Perpetual boner. Yeah. His, his name and his helmet is hard on. Perpetual boner. Boner, also Wiener. a good band name. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's got to be a band. Ooh. That's got to be a band, by, actually. An all-girl <laughs> yeah, yeah. band. Speaking of... I got nothing. Speaking of... Speaking of Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of just, Top Gun. Just mail it in. 
<laughs> we just got to get yeah. this done. Okay. Speaking of Top Gun, yeah. we got bogeys everywhere. Just bogeys, Hella bogeys all over the place and hard-ons all over the place. Yeah. And I also, I found it interesting at this point. I was like, so we really never in this movie get specific about who the mm-hmm. enemies are. Like there's all this propaganda about joining the military, but there's really nothing about like, who are we even fighting? I think on purpose. So this was supposed to be North Korea and then they changed it to Russia apparently. And I just didn't care enough to try to figure out why they did that. So I just let it Well, they clearly don't be. care very much about it. Yeah. The sweat is pouring. We have this crazy dogfight. Hollywood's plane gets hit. He ejects and Maverick is in. Maverick's like third string on this mission. It's like two against five, but Maverick helps them shoot down all these planes and they fucking save the day. That was like the most simplistic breakdown of that. Probably the most epic scene in this movie. The coolest scene in the movie. The way that this movie is shot is so fucking cool and i don't think i've ever seen anything like so there was hell's angels which is like so many years back that was doing actual aerial stunts but this is like the next one to use actual aerial stunts and it just looks so much better than like a green screen it's just the speed of everything and how insane it is that these planes are moving like that is totally conveyed and i know that it was a huge undertaking like it cost them a million and a half bucks from the navy just to get these shots and then they had to get them like you know not many takes they only had a certain amount of time to shoot them they like came up with a way of shooting in the cockpit and shooting outside of the plane too they're like whole new methods techniques for shooting and it just i feel like it was absolutely worth it it's the whole reason why this movie's good what was most impressive to me were the shots where like all of their eye lines were always correct so they got very specific shots in the yeah. cockpit of actual jets like if he was turning over his left shoulder you would see a jet fly across the frame behind him and he's looking in the right direction and it's a real jet and they got that shot. That's a miracle that in like 87, they were able to do it. And I think it speaks to the quality of everything that you just said is because now we watch it and we're like, that is so sick that they pulled it off. Even the small like choices they make for the enemy, it's almost like a fisheye lens. It's looking up at the enemy and it's it's showing more of the like broader space of the airplane and it it makes them seem faceless just because those shots are happening so quickly that it's going to be hard to tell who's who, but you can tell by the tinted visor. Yeah. And I just think they crushed it. Super agree. They win. They blow up all the enemies. They're like bringing it on in. They do another like victory flyby in the flight tower and that same guy spills coffee on himself and is like, God damn it. Still <laughs> like, gets I that just- coffee. <laughs> One of my favorite aspects <laughs> of this whole movie. Mission is accomplished. All the flight team and pilots are cheering and crowding around. Iceman and Maverick, they hug it out. You got the, you can be my wigman anytime. Bullshit, you can be mine. And just everybody's partying. Apparently Val Kilmer did not like that at all. He thought it was cheesy and he was embarrassed to say it around the other pilots, but they just made him say it. But in that moment, you can like sort of get away with it because you're on such a high. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Then he takes Goose's dog tags and chucks them into the ocean, which I was like, why? It's not like ashes. I have a couple thoughts here. Number one, that's really his wife's call. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you're absolutely right. What about your kid that wants those dog t- Whatever. Yeah, your it's- dad's dog tags. Yeah. <laughs> He like threw him into the water. Just threw him into the water like right. part of the ocean style. But yeah. whatever. I can forgive all that stuff if it was a better throw. <laughs> it looked like Tom Cruise had never thrown anything in his entire life. Look, the man can only have so many talents. 
He can ride the shit out of a motorcycle, and he's a Scientologist. I think, and I forget where I heard this, I think he's licensed to fly, like, most aerial vehicles. Is that right? He knows how to fly a helicopter. He actually learned how to fly a jet for Maverick, I think. Cool. Like, he's he obviously notoriously does all of his own stunts, but, like, he has that knowledge, which is just... You know, as weird as he is, you got to give it to him. That's I'm trying to learn how to juggle this week, and I'm like, holy! (laughs) (laughs) This dude knows how to fly a helicopter. Yeah, I have to say, I just got watercolors for my birthday, so like, (laughs) you know. Listen, a skill set is a skill exactly. set. You know, I wouldn't say one's yeah. more valuable than the other. Yeah, skills are skill. Some people can't throw a dog tag into the ocean, but maybe they can handle seven Gs of force. You know, I can throw a dog tag into the ocean, but all I can do is watercolor. So basically, he's the man. Maverick is the man. He can have his pick of going wherever he wants to go. And he says he wants to be an instructor at Top Gun. So he goes back to the area. He's just sitting at a bar. And we see a lady's finger stealthily drop a coin into the jukebox. I would have bet about a flobbity jillion dollars that the song that was going to play was Take My Breath Away. Me too. But I guess that wouldn't make sense considering they were never actually listening to it. But we do get, you lost that love and feeling. Charlie is back. I don't know. They're not super clear about it. If she's just like back visiting or if she's like moved back to work because she hears he's back. That would be really embarrassing. I think they cared about it just as much as the audience did. This is the part where I was really like, I really don't care about this. Yeah, we just yeah. got like, the dogfight. Just let me leave the theater. Yeah. I'm done. Let's just get end on that. I thought they were yeah. going to do like a freeze frame of like Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise like high-fiving. And that would have been like the end. That would have been yeah. totally fine. But instead, it's just them kind of looking at each other longingly. Boom, fade to credits. Final thoughts and ratings? After you, my friend. I had a great time watching this movie. I'd never seen it, and I've always been too embarrassed to admit that I've never seen it, and too embarrassed to watch it because then I would have to admit that I've never seen it before. I did think that it was like all over the place, and I like really couldn't stand the love story, which is a big part of it. But the action scenes were so cool, and also like there's just so much stuff that I get, like cultural references that I never got before. And there's just parts where like Tom Cruise is driving on his motorcycle. I'm like, God damn, this is so cool. I get why people like it and I get why it made a difference in culture. I'm going to give this movie seven instances of Take My Breath Away. Wow. (laughs) Seven breaths taken away. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) I too enjoyed watching this movie. I think because I saw the sequel first. (laughs) It was an interesting experience. And I think I probably liked Top Gun more than I would have because Maverick is so good. Despite the total lack of sexual chemistry, the chemistry between the men is great and fun to watch, like that kind of brotherly love. I can see why this is a classic. I am going to give this movie six and a half droplets of face sweat. I was going to use the same exact rating system. No way. <laughs> I swear to God, I was going to I was going to say six drops of sweat from my face. <laughs> Great mind. Oh no, now you got to scramble. I will now change my rating system to something different. <laughs> I agree that this movie is a very fun watch, largely because it felt like a caricature of everything that I think the 80s was. I just think they nailed it. I also don't, to a degree, don't think that it was taking itself super seriously at certain points, and I I dig that, especially because they went so hard on the flight sequences, and it's just awesome. However, there were so many moments that were a little cringy to me that I can't rate it higher than six instances (laughs) of 
spilled coffee in a flight tower. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. God six spilled cups of coffee. Yeah. Six goddammits. <laughs> six yeah, six butts. butts. <laughs> I want yeah. butts. Well, Tom, we had such a blast having you on today. Thank you for joining us. Ah, oh, the pleasure was yeah, mine. This is great. really fun. You are now a lifelong member of the Millennial Movie Club. So now the floor is yours, Tom, to let people know what you have coming up, where they can find you. Love it. First of all, thank you guys for having me. This is super fun. And the timing was serendipitous. Very happy to be here. You can find me on social media at TomMcGovern27. I like to make short form musical comedy videos on TikTok and Instagram. I have a lot of fun doing it. And also, I'd say priority one in my creative life right now, I'm in a band, a comedy trio called Wolves of Glendale. And we play comedy music. If you're a fan of Flight of the Concords, The Lonely Island, Tenacious D, any anything like that, we try to make the best songs possible about the dumbest stuff that you can think of and it's actually all kind of right now our vibe is like 80s like synth rock kind of like what you'd find in like top gun soundtrack and we are in the studio right now recording our first album that'll be out in august and we're doing a a handful of east coast dates if you're in the new york area rockwood music hall july 13th it's going to be a blowout show check that out if you're in philly on my birthday august 27th we're playing a concert at city winery it's going to be a blast so dan actually if you're around that'd be awesome Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. That would be so I'll fun. Go. Yeah. It's at the loft at City Wine. Oh, I'll definitely go. I'll be back East Coast by then. Oh, my gosh. Let's go, Dan. Let's fucking go. Yeah. It'll be my 30th and my dad's 60th, so it's going to be a blowout. Oh, I'm definitely going. Yeah. That sounds oh great. Oh, my God. That's sick. Yes. By the way, yeah. Wolves of Glendale, fucking rock, literally, and Thank you. Uh, the other way. So <laughs> definitely look <laughs> definitely look into them i'm a huge fan and if you want to come watch them slay and hang out with the two hosts of your all-time favorite podcast come to philly (laughs) for that show yeah yeah we'll be signing autographs at tom's show (laughs) (laughs) at the wolves of glendale show that doesn't intrigue you guys i don't know what will this is not the podcast for you you're not our people thanks again tom and thank you everybody for listening very exciting we've recently moved up the ranks to number 53 in the united states in our category we're stoked about it if you've not already gone and left a review please go and do so we love to read them and if you have any suggestions of movies you'd like to hear us bullshit about please let us know reach out on instagram or tiktok at millennial movie club all right gentlemen good evening and uh (laughs) (laughs) go get go grab some butts out there folks go get your butts much love to you both thank you for having me Thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Movie Club. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and write us a glowing review. We are millennials. We kind of need the validation. For even more goodies, be sure to follow Millennial Movie Club on TikTok and Instagram. Later Later days. days.